This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Radio, and uh, we're about that, those, that lovely theme that we heard a minute ago, which we allowed to run right till the end, and then uh, you were met with a solid silence because uh, Andy and I were chatting away <laughs> here about the art that's happening in Dunedin. Oh gosh, it's so exciting! And uh, of course, Art Zone, uh, which is Andy's shop in uh, Hanover Street. I must say, uh, uh, yesterday I had all day running an art course. Uh, for some beginning watercolorists, and I can tell you that the number of times Art Zone came up uh, was uh, phenomenal. 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 Uh, all good things, no doubt. <laughs> well, it was because what happened is, oh, where do you get those? Oh, Art Zone, of course. And then uh, you start to think, uh, well, it really, it's a specialist art shop, uh, and uh, that's the only way you can describe it. And as such. There are many other places you can buy bits and bobs, but if you just want to get everything that's related to art, if you're, uh, you know, whatever uh, persuasion you are, a watercolorist, an oil uh, painter, a, an acrylic artist, a sculptor, uh, a uh, pastel um, uh, artist, what have I missed out? Uh, Gouache. Oh gosh, that's right. Oh, it's this, funny, you know, this, when, Disney, when people when people come into the shop and they say, "Now look, I want to buy something and I don't know how to pronounce it." We say gouache, and they say, "Oh, how did you know?" Well, everyone can everyone can pronounce oil, and everyone can, can pronounce watercolor. It's the only thing they don't know how to pronounce is gouache. So we surprise many people. Like, oh, how did you know? Everyone can say paintbrush, <laughs> and I must say we have been we've been surprised, pleasantly surprised, about how easy it is or, or non-difficult it is to get stock we thought because the world's been shut down for for a while <clears throat> especially a, a bit of drama in the Suez canal getting stuff in we thought you know we're going to have some beer shelves because there are shops around town that you, they do have beer shelves and you know they just can't get the stuff and fortunately there's very very few things that we can't get no, so because i you know i thought i i don't know how this is going to happen as months have gone on as Stock's going to dwindle. People haven't been making things. And maybe that would catch up with us in six months or whatever, which would be about now. Um, but no, it's, it's no problem. Everything we order, most things, 95% of things we order turn up. So uh, our, our shelves are full. Well, that's great because um, um, <clears throat> the uh, on the other side of that, ironically, uh, artists have really been busy uh, over this while, time. Yeah, it's been giving them um, more opportunities to start to to do their artworks 
uh, when you're less likely to go away overseas or uh, whatever. And purchasing artworks as well. This is this is what people have been saying. The sales of artworks have gone up because mm. uh, people don't uh, they can't spend their money overseas, so they're sp- spending things on their homes where they're spending a lot more time. The DIY department as well. That you know that's gone up because people are doing things in their home. And doesn't it give you an idea of how much money is spent? Overseas, yeah, with airline tickets and spending money, you know, thousands and thousands, mm. and it's all staying here. And I, uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that. I thought everyone would be a little bit poorer, but um, it's the joys of earning your money here and spending it here. It's great, absolutely, yeah. We're a little enclave uh, at New Zealand, uh, and uh, really, it's um, uh, far from dwindling in activity. It's uh, really burgeoning in yeah. activity. So well done. And uh, the art class uh, yesterday was a, a good example of that. They were keen as mustard. How many did you have in the class? Eight. It's it's limited to eight. Mm. It's difficult with <clears> more <throat> than eight because you you just spread yourself too thin. So what do you do? Do you give them uh, do you give them something to paint, or do you give them a few a few uh, ideas and then say paint whatever your uh, whatever you want to do? No, not really. I, I would have done uh, especially with the beginners. Um, I go through uh, virtually all the main points of watercolour painting, uh, you know, the, uh, the starting right from the beginning, you know, preserving the whites, um, uh, and things like uh, drawing figures and uh, using shadows and how to draw a tree, you know, that mm, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, usually we do, a, I put, I have a, take a, a television screen down Sounds so old-fashioned, doesn't it? A television screen, <laughs> an electric television. Yeah. He's on the cutting edge here. Uh, a flat-screen <laughs> LED TV. There you go. And uh, I have a little um, DVD player, and I play. Uh, put a lot of sli- um, slides or uh, pictures of my own artwork uh, that demonstrate uh, these uh, uh, different uh, uh, qualities of uh, watercolour. And you've got to do that. It's a visual medium. You can't describe a shadow. You have to say, look, that, that's what I'm talking uh, about. Exactly. And point, point to the example, which is, which is quite easy, isn't it? Because you've, got, you've probably got so many paintings. That yes. Any, any yeah. subject you're talking about, you've got a visual well, sample. You're, you're and, right. and you don't have time to actually paint it and say, look, watch what I'm doing, because that's true. there's no time for that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that, that, that was one. They were most attentive and very interested in what was going on because they were really uh, starting from a, 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 an empty palette, of whatever, if you like. To, to uh, are these folks that have never, ever picked up a brush? N- uh, most of them. Uh, one of them had, picked, <coughs> had been uh, quite a uh, – had done quite a lot of painting. Uh, mainly in acrylics and oil, so uh, it was a new uh, adventure for her. It's very different, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually backwards. You, yeah. you paint backwards. Yeah. From uh, yeah, light to dark, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, instead of from dark to light. So it was that was that one day, or is it a, a course yeah, it was, over it, several months? You no, know, uh, just one day, and it uh, went from ten o'clock in the morning. Uh, with a half hour dr- uh, break for lunch and then finished at four o'clock. And two very lovely ladies 
um, uh, worked out that I was going to have to clean up everything, and uh, they really they they worked away with me, and uh, I got away about half past four, which was pretty. Oh, amazing. that's nice of them. Uh, it a, was. It's funny you said I haven't done too many classes. I did a class years ago, and it was ten till four, and it was it, it was absolutely exhausting because <laughs> you do, I don't paint that. I do an hour, yeah. and then I go and do something else, and you know because you're there, you can't say, well, I'm going to sit this hour out because you paid for your class, yeah. and I was. Yeah, we had a, a break. So what's that? Six hours? Say five and a half hours solid painting. Yes. Absolutely exhausting. I don't know how professional artists who paint all day right. do it. I guess I guess it's like anyone that works a full day's work, whatever work you do, yeah. carrying bricks on the on the building site. I that's really <laughs> remember doing that. Eh? Couldn't carry a heart though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so yes, I, I I actually did that over two days, Saturday and Sunday, and I was I was looking forward to going back to work for a break. Yeah, I, I should say it was so. tiring. I know what yeah. you mean? Well, they were, they were just lovely, all of them, and uh, uh, the uh, interesting, well, the, the the nice thing about it is that in fact it is it's uh, workers education, W E A. Uh, that uh, have uh, financed it by raising money f- uh, to do to do this both in Invercargill and I haven't done the Invercargill ones, but I've done the Dunedin ones, and uh, we got eight. We filled up um, in, a, in a real, real rapidly, and then uh, they rang me and said, "Do you think we can do another one?" And so I've uh, booked one in for the 11th of July, Sunday, so another month Great. away, uh, and uh, I think actually I think it is full, but. Um, you know, if if you only want eight people, you could you could get eight different people a month. You you could do one day a month. Surely you well, could. You could it out. Do, I mean, there's a hundred thousand yeah. people in the town. I'm just wondering if I would be able to sustain the energy. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, that's right because you're working as well. <laughs> uh, but it was a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, what I usually do is I'll pick one uh, 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 that is relatively easy that features skies, mountains, and uh, something else, or trees maybe. And um, the first scene will be relatively uncomplicated, and they all do that uh, that scene. I put it up on the screen. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the DVD goes to sleep every now and again. I go, oh, right. <laughs> oh, it's gone to sleep, Ron. So I have to, get to turn it on again. Um, and then the second painting in the afternoon that we did was uh, a little more complicated, uh, but not too much, mm. just uh, within the, their um, ability to, yeah. to... This is what they say, do, do an outdoor scene where there's not so much drawing. Yeah. You know, I, I was watching a DVD, I think it was... Uh, I think it was uh, the Robert Wade, oh, yeah. and and he said what people do first time they do they pick this ridiculously complicated scene. Yeah, they can't draw it. They've got to do and they and they don't do a good job with it. And they say, "Oh, I'm a terrible painter." But if if you look at you just go out like the Tyree or something, yes. you've got some hills. You might have a fence, a, a river. And, and a sky, and there's no drawing. There's nothing to draw. You can't get it wrong because exactly. you're not drawing anything. You can't say, "Well, it's not in perspective, or the windows are too big, whatever." You know, do it. Do it simple. And these simple scenes, you can get a really good result uh, just with your color and, and shading, but no drawing. And a lot of people will say, "Oh, I, can't, I couldn't even draw a stick person." It's like, well, don't then. Don't, don't have to. Don't do what yeah, you can't do. Do what you right. can do. So, I've yeah. got there's a lovely actually uh, mentioning Robert Wade. He's my Facebook friend uh, and has been for many years. Oh, really? Uh, but Robert is an Australian artist. He's a very nice man. And look, if you, you can look it up on YouTube 
uh, you will find uh, little bits of instruction there from Robert Wade, and he uh, is really good value. So all you artists out there, he was, write uh, it down. Robert Wade. He W-A-D. was here. He was here in 1999. I, I went to that yeah. uh, course. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a lady that uh, tracked him down and said, could you please come over here and ah. and do it and they they had a whip round and and he came over which was a which was a huge coup and, and there were two two uh, Australian artists that were supposed to be here yeah, and COVID cancelled yeah. it it was Lisa Wang and and a uh, and Joseph uh, Brave uh, um, it's a name that I can I never know, get you can't even spell but, it starts with B yes yeah like a Brockovich or yeah. yeah that's right. Um, and there were a lot of people really excited. Yeah, I, uh, about, I paid up. And yeah, said I was, was going to go. Did you get your money back? Yeah, I had. I did. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I think you could. I think there were two things: you could pay to do his class, or you could pay a little bit just to watch him paint. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you didn't want to do the class, or you couldn't afford the time, or because it was quite expensive. Well, he's a lovely guy and worth looking. <clears throat> I'll just point out to the um, to the listeners. Uh, that uh, the three, those th- not not Robert Wade. I'll just mention first about Robert because uh, he um, he has these things on uh, YouTube, and uh, one of them he's standing in uh, Vienna, and he's standing in front of the St Stephen's uh, Church there, and which is absolutely ornate. And he says, "Well, here I am in Vienna," he said, and uh, behind me you see St Stephen's Church. He said, well, we won't be painting that. It's too complicated. <laughs> well, I, I saw him do one. It was like a, um, maybe a convent building, very, very plain. It was the side wall. It was like an L shape. And if you stood and looked at it, you thought, well, I don't want to paint that. It's boring. You know, this, yeah. it's a very boring building. But he painted it, and, of course, it was brilliant. Yeah. He had big purple shadows. And it just goes to show whatever you look at and think, no, nah, that's too boring. I, I can't yeah. be bothered doing that. You can actually make a really beautiful painting out of it. You're, you're right. It's not what yeah. it is. It's how well you do it. And I've seen a lot of paintings, like uh, looking down a road or standing and there's a stream. And if you were out scouting for a subject, you think, no, that's too boring. And there's nothing there. It's no good. But when you see the painting, you think, wow, that's actually that's quite something. Yes. And, of course, I think um, – who was it that said um, – uh, yes, uh, Robert Wade said it's up to us as artists to point out to people who are just having a humdrum day yep. something that is amazing. And one of the things he picked out was a jacaranda t- tree that he drove past every morning. And he just absolutely thrilled by this jacaranda tree. And he, he thought to himself, how many people go driving past that and don't even notice that I'm going to paint that yeah. to point out what a wonderful, uh, yep. beautiful tree exactly. that is. Exactly. There, there's a thing that I've, I drive past this once a week and I've got a pretty rubbish camera and I, I've taken photos of it and I just, there's nothing there. When you go over Three Mile Hill, there's the Mosgill Lookout mm-hmm. and you can look out and you can see all of Mosgill and the Mungatu is in the background. It's beautiful and my camera can't see it and I'm not going to sit up there and draw it, but it's, it's an expense that goes on and on with a town right in the middle of it. All right. And if I should get a professional photographer to do it because you think it's a fantastic scene, massive sky yes. and my piddly little camera, you take it home and you think, oh, well, I can't. There's nothing <laughs> I can do with that, you know. But, um, but, but I mean, that is, that's obviously a grand scene. But, you know, like you say, the tree in the car park mm. might be just as good, a, Absolutely. Uh, just as good a, an image to paint as well. I um, should point out one of the things that I mentioned at the car. In fact, I didn't only mention it. <coughs> I played for them uh, a wonderful um, bit of film that actually comes from 
that program that is called uh, something painting. Uh, do you know it's put, an Australian thing? Put colour in your put life. Put some colour in your life. Now you can find this on YouTube. Uh, this particular one, which I think is really worth uh, looking at, and it's called The Three Amigos. Okay, remember that? The Three Amigos. That wouldn't point you towards uh, a, a painting demonstration, but these three guys, Alvaro Castanier, Joseph Bravely. How's your father? And the other <laughs> guy, uh, uh, someone, Pekel, P-E-K-E-L, the three of them. And uh, they have a, a, an enormous uh, piece of about 350 or 400 uh, watercolour paper. Uh, a pro- well, uh, pro- certainly much bigger than A1. Uh, in fact, two A1s probably. And the two of them just have a whale of a time painting the centre of Melbourne uh, with uh, um, f- uh, a station that's gone. starts with the F. Um, Flinders. Flinders Station. Flinders Station, and they're on the I'm bridge. I'm glad you so, came along. So the bridge is sort of disappearing into perspective. And the funny thing is with that, I've seen that, and they're all kind of dancing around each other, and you yeah. do this bit and I'll do this bit. It's, it's like a ballet. It is. That they're doing. And you, I've never seen that before. Like, you know, imagine if you did a good bit and Alvaro came along and mucked it up. You'd say, oi. Get <laughs> well, they do say that. But, well, that's right. But but the end result is fantastic. Is, is really, really yes, good. So, yeah, I mean, how many times do you see more than one person painting one painting at the same time? Right. But, yeah, yeah, it was good. It was, and yeah. if I want to be enthused, I'll put that video on. Yeah. And it just uh, – Gets you stirred up and ready to go. This is the this is the problem I was having yesterday. I've got all my reference things out. I want to do. I want to uh, start a new work, and I'm just not inspired by anything. You know, when you look at something, <laughs> it's really difficult. I, 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 there's probably too much choice. You know, if you said right, I'll give you six images. You've got to choose one. I would. Yes. But there's a million images out out of books or photos that I've taken on holiday years ago or out the window and there's nothing jumping out at me to say oh do that I can do a good job of that it's really frustrating because I wasted a day yesterday I didn't do anything <laughs> well did I did I tell you about my dad when I once said to him now do you ever get a time a moment when you're just looking at a blank canvas and you and you think I just can't think of anything to do he said, no. I said, well, hold on. No, surely you must be the, the odd occasion. And he, well, he actually had a, a file, files of all the subjects that he wanted to do, and he did, drew them out. As, so he kept, at the same time as he was painting, he was also gathering up these files so he could always have something to paint. But anyway, he said, uh, no. Uh, I said, well, um, well, sometimes I must say, that I'm, I'll stand in front of a, a blank canvas wondering what I'm going to do. He said, could it be laziness? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't agree with that because I wasn't lazy yesterday. I had all my stuff. I was ready to go. I thought, I'm going to do something. And uh, it's not like the, the telly was on in the background and I was watching. I really wanted to do something. I just, but um, on the, the counter-argument to that, I've just been doing some pastels. Oh, and I started, I started scribbling just just to get the feel of it, and and it all just came out like I, I wasn't expecting greatness. I was just having a fiddle, and it was actually coming right. And you think, oh, this is actually quite nice. So it's maybe it's the idea of not trying too hard. You don't don't think too hard about it. That's probably right. Of course, um, uh, you know, you only what's almost like uh, Confucius. You know, uh, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And uh, the same thing happens. Uh, you get get your paper out. Yeah, that's <clears throat> this is the thing. Starting, I'm I'm great once I'm 
a quarter mm. through, mm. then I just carry on. But doing that first step, yeah, that's that's difficult indeed. Somebody said, "No, this would be impossible to do." I spoke to someone about that ages ago, and they said, "Why don't you get ten pictures? Why don't you begin ten pictures?" And then you don't have to begin again. You're, you're already started. So the next Sunday afternoon, next rainy Sunday afternoon, you just grab one. You don't have to start. You've already started. Yeah, yes, that's true. But when would you ever start 10 pictures? Because starting's the difficult bit. Yeah. If you could do that, you wouldn't have a problem. You'd yes. just start. It's just like, um, mm-hmm. it's funny, years ago, a guy bought in, uh, I think it was a jigsaw puzzle or whatever, and he's quite an up-there artist, and he bought it in, and the packaging he used was a painting that he'd begun. It was quite big. It was on a, on a big canvas board. And I looked at it. I thought, I'll, I'll just carry on with that. I'll finish it. Not that you could show it because it was his work. I never quite got around to it, but it, w- it was drawn out, washed in, and begun. And he obviously got fed up with it and used it as packaging <laughs> for his thing. I thought, well, I've got a, I've got a painting here that's, that Already, started, yeah. done by this pretty groovy artist. And uh, imagine how much trouble you'd get into if you finished it and showed it and yeah, yeah. sold it. Hang like, on a minute, I'll give you. I'll give you twenty percent of the sale price. <laughs> that's all you. That's all you can. Not enough. No. <laughs> well, um, that, that business about um, uh, you know Confucius. Uh, there's a. I used to do a lot of running. And there's a, there was a, run, a very good runner called Frank Shorter. That's probably quite a long time ago now. Uh, and Frank Shorter, Shorter said the hardest step in running is the one into your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, getting off your butt to, to do anything. It's, it's like anything. It's like anything, little chores that you have to do at home. Yes. You know, and you put – this is why lockdown was so good. I did a year's worth of chores in a week, <laughs> it, changing the light bulb, you know, fixing the hinge on the, on the door. You know that sort of thing? It's nothing. It's five minutes. Yes. You never quite get around to it. Right, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so you've got to be in the right mood. Yeah. Uh, but don't try and get into the right mood for painting. Uh, I think you just start, and uh, it, it'll just carry on from there. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let's look at um, the Art Society. There's a new. They just uh, we got some um, newsletter well, the, the other day. Well, the Art Society uh, last no. Well, today is the first day, being Saturday, is the first day of the uh, the Art Society's annual award. The, uh, the annual, and I dropped my uh, my picture off yesterday, and there's some really, really good, uh, some really, really good work in there for the annual award, and and I'm really glad about this. When I started at the Art Society years ago, twenty years ago, the annual award was the biggest award that they had, and then the sponsors turned up with their three and four thousand uh, dollar prizes, and the annual award sort of drip, dropped away a bit because people were saving themselves for the big money. But that's sort of turned around now because they've just finished the Cleveland Award, which was the big award, uh, and people are not burned out and thinking, well, you know, we've just done the Cleveland. The Edinburgh is coming up uh, in a couple of months, so we won't bother with the annual. The annual looks absolutely fantastic. So go and have a look at that. It's a really busy year uh, for the Art Society, and, and it's, there's so much work to be done. Yesterday... Um, well, it was actually last Sunday. Uh, it was drop-off day. So these poor guys, these poor stressed-out volunteers, they not only have to take on new work, but they have to hand back work that were from the from the Cleveland. And that's a, that's an awful lot of work to do. Nobody gets paid. It's all for love, all absolutely mm. for the love of the art. Mm. But um, yeah, so that's on uh, that's on for a, a couple of weeks. It's the first day uh, today, Saturday. So go down. 
have a look at the Art Society. Um, there's probably 150 paintings. There's no there's no gaps. It's a, it's a full exhibition, and that's going to be on for a couple of weeks. So um, yeah, it's a good a good show to see. So that will come down, and then I think straight after they don't seem to have breaks. They don't seem to have no. any time where there's nothing. Oh. If you remember at the old Art Society. They'd have an exhibition, and then they'd lock the thing up for a month. They'd board it up because nothing's happening. <clears throat> then a month later, the next exhibition would be on. And it was a bit hit and miss because people would go and say, oh, you know, is there anything on? Is it closed for a month? Is there anything happening? This is like a, a business which never, ever closes. There's always mm. something, yeah. including the shop with some with some good stuff in. So, uh, so no matter what. Uh, time it is or what time of the year it is there's always an exhibition on whether it's a private one or a public one um, so yeah there's always art to be seen and to be bought right absolutely <coughs> yeah, did so you uh, did you put one in for the uh, annual no um, um, uh, Julie and I are writing a book about our <coughs> travels and I'm doing paintings that are going into that book and so that's really been um, absorbing my time apart yeah. from running these uh, classes so uh, I apologise um, to all the eager public who are waiting to uh, see the next. They're saying, "Where, where are the Esplins? <laughs> Show me the Esplins." That's right. Is he dead? <laughs> the next thing. Um, now I tell you what we're going to do. We'll I'll play a bit of music because we're going to just finish off with the Beatles uh, later on, later on, and um, uh, I'll just pay, play um, because of that. Uh, you're talking about the art society and how they work all the time. That's seven days a week. Yeah. So uh, it's a it's a hard day's night. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night. I should be sleeping like a log, but when I get home to you, I find the Sleeping like a 
hard, it's been a hard day's night. Uh, and uh, this uh, back to the Beatles. This is our last one for the Beatles, and uh, I'm a bit sad, really, uh, because I'm such a Beatles fan. Uh, and you're probably a, pretty, a few of you out there as well. I do hope so. Uh, now, the albums that were released during... We'll just go over quickly. This happened between 1963 and 1970. So all you oldies and you youngies, what amazes me is how young people have embraced the Beatles. Uh, so they live on. It's, uh, it's classical music now. I mean, they've done a lot of actual classical That's orchestra right. stuff. But it's not, uh, it's, it's not like, well, they were playing before I was born. This stuff will... Will go on. I, I do believe you're right. And yeah. and you know films like that film yesterday that introduces if you haven't heard it if you're 15 or whatever. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? It just it just goes on timeless. I, I did enjoy that film. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so that 1963 they opened with Please Please Me. Well, these are the ones I'm just sort of going over what we've already covered and uh, up until this point uh, with the Beatles in 1963. So two albums since 1963. Hard Day's Night and Beatles for Sale, 1964 and 1964. So they're both the same year, that one that you just heard. Uh, Help, uh, which was uh, the basis of a film uh, that they did. And uh, I think Hard Day's Night was a film too, wasn't it? Yeah, am I right? Yes, Hard uh, Day's Night yeah. was a movie. And Help. Uh, and it was in 1965 and Rubber Soul was 1965. Interesting to note that uh, there were two albums... Uh, each year from 63 to 65. There's not many bands do an, uh, more than one album a year, no. maybe one every two or three years. Well, they were just uh, so prolific. Yeah. And then 1966 was Revolver. And then the this the classic Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, 1967. Uh, then following that... It started to get all a wee bit. This is when the, the you know, the uh, props, the, the, the would well, say drugs, was drugs, uh, sort of started to impinge on the, the way they they um, uh, made their music. And so the, the double album, which really you say, okay, this is the double album, 1968, was the Beatles' White Album. And then Yellow Submarine, an absolute uh, leap away from, uh, you know, it was sort of a cartoon uh, film actually it was made into a film and uh, i have actually oh yes that's right uh, magical mystery tour was made in 1967 the same year as sergeant pepper's hearts club band and was actually released as a double seven inch ep in the uk and then as a full-length album in north america and elsewhere so 1967 was uh, which is an odd sort of an album but, uh, you know, if you're a Beatles fan, you'll love it. Uh, so Yellow Submarine in 1969. And uh, now uh, we've got up uh, to um, an interesting era. We've got Abbey Road, which we talked about the last one, uh, which uh, we're the famous photograph that has been absolutely uh, um, uh, dived into in depth as to all the symbols and the ideas that are there. Paul's was the only one with bare feet, as he did, and the Volkswagen had a number that meant something, and uh, it was, um, uh, you know, far um, far more speculation than they really needed to do. It just four musicians mm. walking across the road in Abbey Road. So um, that, um, uh, but that's the sort of thing that happened then. And uh, so that was Abbey Road, and we talked about that last time. 
Uh, and then what happened, uh, which is quite interesting, is they, uh, in 1969, uh, they actually uh, prepared an album called Get Back. Now, that actually never got released, uh, as far as I know. Andy's going to tell us about that. Uh, and it sort of morphed into the same year the album um, uh, Let It Be, uh, which is actually the last album they made in 1970. Uh, so, uh, Andy, you could perhaps you could tell us about it, uh, that that interesting uh, uh, pairing up, the Get Get Back 1969. Well, following the uh, proposed album's uh, title theme, the Beatles reassembled with Please Please Me photographer Angus McBean. That's a nice name. Is, Angus McBean. I want to change my name to Where Angus. Where have you been, Angus? <laughs> Angus McBean to create uh, <laughs> an image that would echo their first album shoot at EMI. Asked about the differences just six years later, McBean quipped, very hairy indeed. Uh, <laughs> Then uh, then everything went to hell in a handbasket. A mid-1969 uh, release date for Get Back came and went, as everyone argued, over mixes. But not before promo copies, complete with cover-up, were produced. Eventually, the Beatles moved on to work on the album that would become Abbey Road. McBean's image uh, sat unused until 1973, when it was resurrected for the Beatles... Uh, 67 to 70, the Blue Album retrospective. So, uh, so yes, they just couldn't agree on it. So, now, did I read that right? Is there an album with a lot of songs that no one's ever heard, or did they shuffle them around to put them on other albums? As far as I know, there, I don't know of an album called Get Back. I, I, I stand corrected if, if there was, and I believe that, it, uh, that the actual album that came out uh, was... Uh, uh, um, Abbey Road. No. Um, oh, let's get this right. Because I just think if there's an album's worth of Beatles songs that's never been heard, surely that would be like gold. Well, that's true. Um, and uh, that, uh, yeah, you're right. So it was Abbey Road. You're right. That, that emerged from there. Thank you very much. It, it, it's a bit complicated here because um, they're sort of splitting up. Yeah. And, well, uh, that's right. Time's getting on, isn't it? It's a year before it all dissolved. And the and the people, the companies that were EMI and so on, who were trying to make money out of this, uh, they were trying to piece together little things, you see. Uh, and I think Hey Jude was another situation uh, where they um, uh, ended up with Let It Be. So you were right. All right. Yeah, so just uh, give us a bit of a rundown on the Hey Jude. On the Hey Jude, well, another capital compilation of leftovers, non-album singles and B-sides, Hey Jude made history in a slightly different way. The album, uh, which was at one point quite appropriately called The Beatles Again, uh, was meant to serve as a buffer while the long-delayed Get Back project was finally nearing completion as the uh, newly renamed Let It Be. Their only involvement was uh, an August 1969 shoot for the cover, which ended up being the last time the Beatles were ever photographed together as a band. They gathered at Lennon's newly acquired uh, Tittenhurst Park home two days after their final recording session together as uh, the foursome to do a final mixing and editing on I Want You, She's So Heavy. Both Ethan Russell and Monty Fresco uh, shot pictures that day. One of Russell's images made it to the cover of Hey Jude. That's uh, George Harrison's hat 
on the on the uh, statue. Mm. So uh, so yes, they, and and you know it's sad because that was the final time that they were photographed together, and. Uh, and then it all faded away. It would have been nice. Wouldn't it be nice if they had another five years or three albums or whatever? Exactly. And it, but it all just stopped. Although the people that were making money out of this, uh, they all tried to extend it as much as they could. And, in fact, there was uh, later on uh, an album uh, called Let It Be Naked, uh, which was... Uh, Virtually a fly on the wall insight into the Beatles at work in rehearsal and during the st- studio. Uh, so you know they're they're, they're looking for old uh, albums uh, or or recordings that they can use. Of course, as you know, um, the Beatles number ones came out, uh, and uh, I'm trying to remember what year that was. Quite a lot later. Um, if I could, if my glasses were uh, clear, I could probably work out when it was. Um, nineteen sixty-seven. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Number one's nineteen sixty-seven. I don't remember that coming in. Remastered either. in uh, two thousand. Right. So that's when the, uh, that two thousand one came out. Beatles number ones, and of course it was a huge hit uh, again um, because that we we were we had a taste for more of the Beatles. Yeah. And you'd be gutted if you were EMI. You're thinking we're making millions and millions every time you drop an album. Yeah. And then the gravy train pulls into the station and there's no more. You'd be thinking, oh, there's okay. no gravy on this. Can one. we can we have wings, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, wings wings did very well, of course, <coughs> in the right in his own right. And McCartney did very well in his own right. Uh, but then, of course, they found tapes in, within the BBC. So uh, in the, uh, the the tapes then were, uh, and of course, I think Apple itself, the the, record, the recording company, uh, it changed hands quite a bit. Uh, I think um, the guy, uh, one of their managers, managed to get hold of the rights to the uh, Apple uh, um, uh, Apple, and then uh, extraordinarily, uh, McCartney uh, had a, a bit of a, a brief spell with Mike, Michael Jackson. And uh, 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 during their conversations, you know, they did, I think they did Ebony and Ivory, is that right? Is that the, uh, Ebony be? and Ivory and uh, The Girl Is Mine. Oh, right. Oh, well done. Um, and uh, they did that together. And during their, uh, um, you know, their uh, recordings together, uh, Michael Jackson kept sort of probing McCartney, oh, what do you want to think we should be doing? Uh, should, should we be, uh, uh, what about this new video thing? And uh, McCartney said, oh, yes, I'm doing lots of videos. So, boom, next thing that happens, Mac- uh, Michael Jackson's doing that uh, killer uh, uh, video. Oh, thriller. A thriller, that, yes, not killer, yeah. thriller. Uh, and, uh, was, that, was that quite new then, make, making a video to your song? Was that... Was that a reasonably new thing? It was, yeah, yeah. Because the, the, credited with the very first music video apparently was Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, wasn't it? You know, it? they did the strobing yes. things and the, yeah. the choir thing. And and I guess that, that was 1975, so, yeah, I guess it was quite a, quite well, a new well, thing. Because he was busy, um, uh, that was, he, he was saying to him, this is the future of uh, pop music, and, and everything McCartney said, um, Michael Jackson took up. And uh, he said, oh, you need a good manager. Instantly, Michael Jackson sacked his manager and <laughs> hired another one. You got know? another one. So he's so uh, uh, 
Is, uh, am I right in thinking that Michael Jackson bought the rights to a lot of Beatles music? Absolutely right. He bought Apple, you see. and uh, Michael Jackson bought Apple? Yeah. But, oh. Uh, well, I think it might have been McCartney. I, I'm not sure. But <coughs> what I do know is that that was what he said. He said, oh, you've got to own your music. And uh, owning music is, a, is a, a good way of making money. And, of course, <laughs> uh, uh, huh? oh, I see, uh, Paul. I just bought your music. <laughs> you can imagine Paul McCartney's just sitting there going, let it be, let it be. And he's like, oh, yeah, none of that, that's mine. Well, now is the end. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Which is extraordinary. Why would you, if, if that, like, you, you're selling the, the, the golden goose. Yeah. You would say the music is not for sale. We own the music. Yeah. And there's no, unless you sell it for a phenomenal amount of money. Well, because yeah. you can only sell something once. Yeah. Whereas if you own it, you, you can sell it over and over again. I, I, I don't understand why that music was even up for sale. Well, he's got it, he's got it back again. McCartney had Did he buy it back? Oh, yes, he owns them. Yeah, now. Yeah. And very sensibly so. Um, and, uh, well, of course, they found old tapes and they were able to produce it. There was an album. Uh, which I, they actually got. They, they said, "When will the Beatles ever get together again?" Well, of course, Lennon was shot, uh, and um, the the three of them. Uh, I don't know. There were occasions when they kind of got together again uh, for special well, shows. Well, they, they and did, so. and Julian Lennon. In fact, they they produced a new song. Uh, yeah, and, and Free it was as a, a bird. Yeah, but it, yeah, it didn't yeah. go anywhere. They they thought this is the this is as close as you would get to a new Beatles song. Correct, and it didn't really. Hit, it did it, it didn't. But I love it. And there's another song there too, "Free as a Bird" and something else. And it was produced by uh, Jeff Lynne. Oh, and uh, you know, it's, uh, Jeff Lynne's always got his footprint stamped all over <laughs> anything that, uh, that he does and, yeah. uh, uh, but it is wonderful and there's a wonderful video they went along with it try and find it on might be on YouTube I suppose so there are uh, quite a number of iterations uh, that were um, uh, trumped up I suppose uh, from old tapes that they'd found and that um, uh, those two uh, Free as a Bird and whatever the other one was uh, they uh, uh, they actually uh, used John Lennon's voice from an old tape and then they combined it with the three. So in reality, that is the Beatles together. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that's easy enough to do now because you've mm. heard uh, Nat King Cole and Natalie King yeah, Cole doing right. it. And, and they weren't was, in the same place at the same well, time. Well, he was deceased. Yeah, well, which time. is very hard to get, him, Not get easy. him out of bed. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you are coming to work tomorrow, right? <laughs> Well, I don't know what's wrong with you. you yeah, lazy. Up. Lazy, yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, laziness. You think it could be laziness. So um, anyway, the album covers, uh, which we're talking about, the interesting thing there about Let It Be, is absolutely right. There were not, the photograph wasn't taken together. And uh, the front of it is four uh, Beatles separately uh, in various uh, uh, poses, just their faces, uh, but uh, not <coughs> together. So a bit sad, really, in a lot of ways. And even on the back, they've got another photograph, which is, again, they're not together. They're just um, separate. Uh, so um, uh, there was a lot of bad blood at the time. But, uh, I think it kind of, um, you know, solved over over the, over yeah. the years. Well, you, you do. When you're not working together, when you don't owe each other anything, yeah. you, there's no reason not to get on. But when you're living in each other's pocket, and the amount of pressure from everyone, especially when you're being creative, this is what we were saying about that, 
painting, three people working on one painting. It's the same thing. You've got four people working on one project. Yes. And you, you're not going to agree. You're, you're not going to all, no. all agree. You've, you've got to compromise and say, okay, you can have your song and then I'll have my song. It's It would be very difficult. You'd have to really get on together. And this is why I think people like Billy Joel and Elton John – don't have too much of a problem because it's it's Elton John and his band do as you told, and Billy Joel and his band yes. do as you told. This is not a democracy, no. You know, but in this case, it was a democracy, and yeah, you'd have to play nicely. I mean, they lasted for seven years, which is pretty good. I, oh, it is pretty good, yeah. And uh, when you talked about uh, Billy Joel and um, uh, and uh, Elton John, Elton John didn't write his own material. No, uh, he might have done. He did. He did the Lion King. He wrote the Lion King. Oh, did he? But most of it was Bernie Bernie Taupin did the, which was which was a perfect collaboration because they agreed. You know, uh, Bernie couldn't write music, and uh, Elton was weak on lyrics. So it's obvious there was no argument. You do your bit. I'll do my bit. That worked, and and that worked perfectly. Yeah, Yeah. and no arguments. No. And yet, um, I felt I always admired Billy Joel because he does the whole lot. He does absolutely the music. There's there's a great concert at the Shea Stadium in New York. And uh, and he's he's playing along, but he's kind of looking at his watch because Paul McCartney's late. And they rushed him through the airport and they rushed him through the streets. I think he got a police escort because the concert was on. And he rushed on stage, just like oh, you know. And he said, right, I got a very special guest for you. This is like fifty thousand people in the Shea Stadium. And Paul McCartney comes on, and Billy Joel does backing vocals for him. He's sitting on the piano, and Paul McCartney's doing it and billy joel's supporting him i thought wow that's real that's good respect isn't it because it was billy joel's concert i mean yeah yeah. and he was just the guest but you know what a bonus i don't think anyone knew that paul mccartney was going to turn up that was a that was a a little treat right well and and of course he he couldn't uh, mention it until he was certainly i'm sure he'll be here (laughs) um uh, i'm the rubber glove at the airport at the time I never saw the Beatles together, um, um, you know, this ample amount of film, but I did see um, Paul McCartney recently in Auckland, and I'm delighted that I did. Uh, it was a fantastic show. Everybody in that uh, stadium, Mount Smart Stadium, you looked around and they're all mouthing the words yeah. uh, as the thing uh, was uh, being delivered by McCartney. And uh, the other one I went was I, th- I found immensely uh, impressive was um, Ringo Starr. I went and saw him in Christchurch, and we I, my sister came over from Tasmania, and we we're sitting having a drink in the in the um, a motel just opposite uh, the stadium. And uh, we said, oh, you don't need to go. They usually take about, you know, God knows how long to to actually start. They play some, uh, you know, uh, simply read for about half an hour. And, <laughs> and uh, anyway, we went over and we, when we, as we walked in, Ringo, right on the button of start time, walked on the stage. And I thought that was immensely, um, well, not only satisfying, but showed uh, professionalism. It drives me nuts when you go to the stadium, you're probably there an hour early, mm. and they decide to come on 15 minutes late. You think, what are you doing? What have you... Do you I remember uh, Neil Diamond was 20 minutes late, and he got a frosty reception. <laughs> it was actually reported in the paper that you know he took a bit of time to warm the audience up, because you think, 
are you busy? You know, are you <laughs> you got something better to do? You've got nothing better to do. And Dawn French said at her, at her uh, one-woman show, she said, I am never, ever late. She said, I would never disrespect you by making you sit mm. waiting for the great important me. She oh. says, if it's 8 o'clock, it's 8 o'clock. Right. Good honour. Good honour. Now, uh, um, what I'm going to – what we're going to do, we're going to finish – um, with something that I always really loved uh, and um, just uh, watching the clock to make sure that we fit it in uh, because it, it was the last line uh, of, uh, what was it, of Let It, no, not Let It Be. Um, oh, see how well I know it. Uh, uh, it was in the Abbey Road, the last line. And actually, you see, these albums were brought out at different times Actually, not when they were actually written. So uh, you got uh, some albums that were um, uh, had been done before uh, the others at the at the end. So uh, would they would they do an album, maybe sit on it for three years and uh, release another one? Yeah, they, they, yes, it was sort of a bit of a mess uh, how they were coming out, and I think uh, Abbey Road. Uh, was actually the one that was recorded last. Oh. And uh, the last line uh, and the last song is called The End. Uh, and uh, just make sure I've got that right, he said confidently. Yes, it was Golden Slubbers, Slumbers, Slubbers, <laughs> Golden Slubbers, uh, <laughs> Carry That Weight and The End, you see. And... Um, uh, what, the thing for, that's poignant for me is that there, this is really the end yeah. of the Beatles. And uh, the, the line reads, and it's almost a mantra for all of us. Uh, he says, uh, now is the end, the, uh, the end of the world, is it? No, not quite. Um, the love you take is equal to the love you make. And uh, that's what they sing, that last line. Yeah. And it sort of uh, epitomizes that uh, idea of love. And, of course, uh, out came the Love album much uh, later uh, uh, on in uh, years. And, and Love was right in the middle of uh, uh, what they wrote most of the time. Mm. So uh, I think it's quite a good mantra for all of us. So let's hit the button. I don't know how long this is going to take, but we're going to play it. Here we go, I think. Well, that was Dirty Mailing May, of course. Well, what else, folks? Um, I'm just going to find that uh, particular track because it's so, uh, I think, important in the scheme of things. Here we go. Are you ready? Right. Once there was a way to get back Get back home. 
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.